Hi, I'm Claire Davis from Mental Health Chats, and we're here to encourage people to open up conversations about mental health. everyone I'm Claire Davis and I'm back with Mental Health Chats thank you for being with us and today we've got Jess Stallman Rainey hello Jess how are you I'm doing well how are you I'm very very well thank you so Jess is going to be talking to us today as a suicide survivor so Jess would you like to tell us your story yeah um so I think um, some of my mental health experiences and suicide experiences are really deeply connected and some of them aren't, um, but I like to always start by talking about some of my earliest memories, which um, are of hearing voices. Um, so when I was very young, the voices that I heard all felt protective to me. I didn't understand that other people didn't hear them. Um, and so I kind of thought like other people had imaginary friends or this active imaginary life as well and and so we were having the same experience and my first experience of learning to hide was when um i realized that other people weren't talking about those things anymore and um i kind of just learned that you don't talk about them um i didn't really understand that other people weren't having that experience um and i was really sensitive and and pretty odd as a kid i struggled to fit in um and eventually um, that like not being able to fit my reality or my experiences in with other people's um, started me thinking about suicide. Um, I started thinking about it when I was 12. Um, at least that's the, my earliest journal entries when I remember thinking about or I can read that I was thinking about suicide. And um, eventually I attempted suicide a couple of times in high school. Um, and then I did a lot of things that like people might call parasuicidal behavior um, in the field. That's what people call it. And so I did a lot of things that were really close to suicide attempts. And I don't think I was really thinking them through, but it was this way, suicide was always this way of managing this experience of being like deeply unsettled and disconnected from the world. Um, so I, after my attempt in high school, one of my attempts was at my school and the school basically was like, take her home uh, to my parents, like get, get her treatment and don't send her back until she's like better. So my parents were like, what does that mean? <laughs> what would better even mean? Um, and so they took me to a hospital, which is kind of what, um, what people do, right? Um, and that sort of started my tour of medications and uh, the DSM is what I sort of call it, is that I, I got... Um, a series of diagnoses that got more and more sort of serious as I got older. Um, I got put on all kinds of medications. I was on medications for about four years, five years maybe, and um, was some on upwards of 30 meds throughout that time period. Um, often seven to nine medications at a time and medication was horrible for me. Um, and in college, I met some women who are part of a, the psychiatric survivor movement who I really think of as saving my life because they helped me get off of medications. I don't think I did it in the best way. It's not the way I would recommend. There was a lot of drinking involved in that for me. Um, but it was really important for me to get off of medication so I could be a full human um, because they didn't allow me to be that. 
Um, but during that time, I was also force treated a lot, a lot. And in one of my force treatments um, that was particularly bad, I um, was sexually assaulted by um, someone working in the hospital and I was kept in restraints um, for the entirety of the time that I was there. So for six days. Um, and it was following being arrested at a protest. So instead of arresting me, they just um, directly took me um, to a hospital um, in restraints. And then I, that's where I stayed. Um, I ended up being in physical and chemical restraints and having um, a, a catheter and a feeding tube because that's, um, that's what happens when you're in that level of restraint. And it's the worst thing that ever happened to me it was my treatment for my suicidalness, I guess. Um, so um, there was sort of a turning point for me where I realized that liberation is a core component of living, uh, that we can't survive the world as um, people who have been psychiatrized without um, liberation being part of, of um, how we survive. Um, and for me, a component of liberation is actually that suicide is an option. Um, it's like one thing that I know I get to control no matter what else is terrible in the world or in my life. Um, it's something that I get to control and it gives me bodily autonomy in a world that doesn't really, was never really built with me in mind. Um, so I need suicide in order to survive, um, which is not really how people talk about it very often. Um, and then the other thing that I need to survive is not clinical support because that has been extremely unhelpful for me in most of my life, but, uh, but peer support. Um, and so in my work now, I run a crisis line for the state of Colorado um, that also has a peer support line and I'm really involved in sort of suicidology and pushing suicide prevention as an industry to start thinking more creatively about the ways that we can support people. Wow. It's really, really interesting, a different way of looking at it. So how do you feel about being here, Jess? I think that depends on the day a little bit for mm -hmm. me. Um, I think I have just as strong a relationship with death as I do with life. And that's been really important for me. Um, I think, mm -hmm. especially in the US, which is where I'm located, but but many um, sort of like white or European um, nations, I think we often don't have relationships with death. Um, and I, I think it makes it scary um, and overwhelming. And then we don't know what to do when conversations about living and dying come up. Um, and so like the conversations about living and dying have been sort of relegated to the realm of philosophy, um, when really I think all of us ought to be thinking about and dealing with our mortality. Um, and and I think doing that for me has been really liberatory and really um, created a pathway for me to find um, find meaning in, in a space that wasn't very meaningful for me before. Wow, it's really interesting. So thank you for being really, really open with us, Jess. Um, yeah. One of the aims of these chats is to help people who might be feeling the same way or help people who might know others who are feeling the same way. So what advice would you give other people in a similar situation? Yeah, I think um, that I would tell people that living a life that you choose is more important than complying with a system that was never built with you in mind. Um, that you want to find people like you um, and not people that are just looking to help you because um, sometimes help comes with 
with pity and control. Um, and those things aren't always actually helpful. Um, and then also that telling your story in spaces where, where it is safe is really powerful. Uh, but we should treat our narratives as like these critically important parts of ourselves and our community's history. Um, that they define our experiences and then they help define what mental health and what um, the way we think about suicide um, for people in the future. So being able to tell tell each other those experiences is is powerful and important and maybe one of the most important things that we can do. That's absolutely brilliant advice. So thank you for that. And and you said that you help other people as well. What 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 do you actually do to help other people? And I can put some links in the in the um, chat bit for everyone. Yeah, I work as the director of program development at Rocky Mountain Crisis Partners, and we provide the statewide hotline and warm line for crisis and suicide. Um, we run the Lifeline for the state of Colorado, um, as well as um, a bunch of other. We're responding to a bunch of other crisis lines. Um, for sexual assault and domestic violence and all kinds of things. So, um, yeah, so we, uh, I, that's a space where I get to reconnect with um, sort of the provider, provider world in a way that gives me some influence and, and power over a space that um, I was sort of rendered powerless by. And that's been a really important part of recovery for me. Oh, well done. So if you can, um, I'll put those links in for everybody yeah, who wants to get in contact. So that's brilliant. So thank you very much for sharing your story yeah. to help others. It's, it's absolutely brilliant that we've had so many people who are willing to open up and talk about surviving and suicide and how we can help others and telling their story. And our next guest is looking at it from a different angle. Her name is Shibu Pakta. She's Kenyan British. And she's talking about beyond suicide. I'm just going to leave it there. I don't want to tell you any of her story. It's very, very interesting as well. And she's here to help you as well. So thank you, Jess. And yeah, thank take you. care. And see you all next time. Thank you. We hope you enjoyed the chat. If you found any of the tips useful, follow Mental Health Chats. Thank you. Mm -hmm.